Welcome to Is This On The Test, a podcast where we debunk myths about modern education. We are your hosts, Anthony Tavares, Katrina Pardo, Henry Flores, and Madai Martinez. We are the creative team behind Union City Music and Dance, and this podcast is for parents, aspiring teachers, mentors, and students, where we pull back the curtain on education. Let's get right into it. I am the program director and one of the music instructors here at UCMD. And today's topic, we're going to be talking about a range of things, but we're going to be mainly focusing on SEL and what that is here at UCMD, but also what that is uh, in general. Um, Here at UCMD, we offer the SEL program, or rather we've incorporated it and integrated it into our system. Um, It is, you cannot be a part of UCMD without SEL, which is Social Emotional Learning. Uh, A name that at its surface doesn't even really cover everything that we we really want to involve in this program. Um, And I'm going to talk about, one, why we incorporated it into our system, into our curriculum, but also why we think it's important. Um, one thing that I've talked about in some of the sessions we've had already with some of our students, uh, with fellow teachers, even with some parents, is that these conversations used to be a little bit more taboo when at least our generation uh, was growing up, whether that's the generation of most of the teachers or even some of you parents who may be watching, whereas, whereas it's the topics of emotion, topics about mental health, talking uh, topics about uh schools like the uh, the schooling and how it affects mental health um, schooling is one of the biggest stressors for um, a lot of young adults and kids uh, nowadays um, but we'll dive more into that uh, in a bit and one thing that has uh, I think for the better has definitely changed is that again these co- conversations are a bit more common however there are a lot of buzzwords uh, that are thrown around things like depression things like anxiety, um, which again are very, very real problems, right? You wouldn't tell someone with a broken leg to just cheer up. You wouldn't tell a cancer patient to just get over it. But mental health is a very, very serious issue that uh, up until the last couple of years wasn't taken too seriously, but now it is. But because of its, uh, its larger presence in social media, uh, it's larger presence online, more uh, YouTubers are talking about it, more influencers, more streamers, um, which, again, all brings more awareness to the topic, but it has caused uh, one dangerous thing, uh, a number of dangerous things, but one, it has caused a lot of uh, um, young adults, kids to self-diagnose, um, which, again, no one should do. Um, it has caused a lot of people to maybe lean into these things where they might not exactly be uh, suffering from what they think they're suffering from. Um, and self-diagnosing is, uh, you shouldn't do that even as an adult in general, but now it's, it's actually a thing. You know, I, I, at least for me, I wasn't really self-diagnosing myself with anything uh, as a teenager. Uh, I think only then maybe I was starting to realize that um, something could be wrong. Um, but I really wasn't asking myself these questions that a lot of these kids are asking themselves today at much, much younger ages. And they have a lot less experience. They have a lot less information to work with. And some of the answers that they might be coming up with 
might be much scarier than it actually is. And SEL is something that we wanted to introduce to kind of help them figure that out, which is just something that I think kids really need nowadays uh, in this time of overstimulation and information at their fingertips, which can be a good or bad thing. That's what we want to do. We want to help them figure it out and let them know that we went through similar uh, experiences, but that they have much more support here and hopefully at home as well. Dad, you want to follow up on that? Yeah. Um, so I actually, while you were speaking, um, you know, I get the I get to speak to parents and I, I do the onboarding here, and it it has been interesting to see the disparity between some parents being really for SEL and then other parents being adamantly against. And I don't really get anything in between, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, it's really like either, oh my God, that's amazing. Of course, this is a great space for you guys to be like having these conversations. Or others are like, I don't want you messing with my kid's mind. Verbatim. Um, and it, it is, it's a, it's a learning experience for us too on the administrative level, level on, the, on the teacher side. Um, because we get to see then where those gaps exactly live. And um, from our observations and the reason that we brought it to UCMD is because we've understood and from our last conversation last week, we understood that the arts were a perfect segue into this because mm -hmm. I don't know any artist out there that successful or not um, to your definition that hasn't really dug deep into who they are, what they care about and really ask themselves very, very serious questions. And I think now in the modern age, we hear about how social media is affecting developmentally. I don't think those stats really are going to be solid for another couple of years mm -hmm. to really see a generation that fully has grown up with um, these technologies at their disposal. And we wanted to play our part to kind of amplify something that we've been talking about all the, since UCMD started, which is that we're much more than music and dance. We are a segue, we're a medium, we're a toolkit for students to really um, find themselves through the arts. Because the reason that's important is because they don't have those opportunities or spaces to do that anywhere else in their lives. The relationship that they have with their parents is very different. Um, the relationship that they have with their teachers is very different. Um, and we figured this was a great opportunity and now it's been more consistently running for like two months now. And already the results that we're seeing are amazing um, in the way that we have shifted um, the default go-to. And I think when we talk about social emotional learning, at least at UCMD in the way that it exists here, it's not about really talking about you know what depression means and and all these things it's very simply we try to keep it as light as possible and it's very simply we just want students to not default that if something in their life doesn't go as planned if a parent gets mad at them for a grade or if they if their teacher like something happened at school that they're not immediately i'm a terrible person right mm -hmm. that i mm -hmm. my self-worth is negative and that's, we just want to neutralize it because yeah. we, we see the, the peaks and valleys of how intense a teenager's emotions can, can be. Um, we've been through that, you know, how sometimes kids that are in first grade don't really know how to self-regulate, you know, and they shouldn't, you know. Um, so it's about giving them tools to at very basic levels, at most, take a moment of pause to analyze 
and look at the situation a little bit different. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's really all we need. Um, So today we're talking about, yeah, what that means to us as teachers, if that's something that's happened to us as students, um, and what we're seeing here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll hop in before I pass it off, and I have like a nice segue to send it off to our other instructors. But I wanted to quickly touch on something before we get too deep into this, uh, which Madai touched on is the like either large-scale acceptance or rejection of SEL. Mm-hmm. But I do want to make clear that, um, yeah, we, we're, we are not therapists. We are not licensed therapists. We are not uh, looking to go out and cure any kind of, um, you know, mental uh, situations that your child may have. That is not what social-emotional learning is, nor is it what we're trying to do. Sure. What we're trying to do is something that is, one, much more within our range, and that is simply facilitate a, a, a way, a, a language, like new, a new way to, uh, for the child to discuss um, what it is that they're going through. Mm-hmm. As someone who was studying uh, psychology and social work uh, in, col- uh, in college at Seton uh, Hall, um, I, I learned that just being able to facilitate and express what it is that you're feeling is already a huge task that uh, adults like never learned. Yep. Um, like I definitely did not, I, I learned eventually, but you know, <laughs> way later. Um, and that's what we want to do. We want to simply facilitate an environment, um, oh, where these children, uh, one realize they're not alone in this experience, um, and give them a chance to, uh, express in a much healthier way, uh, what they may be experiencing, what they're going through. Right. You know, when a kid says, I hate my life, odds are they don't hate their life. They probably hate that day. They probably don't even hate that day. They probably hate a specific moment in that day that is making them feel a certain way. Mm -hmm. And that right there, we just took a statement such as I hate my life uh, and de-escalated it into, well, what's really going on here? Um, uh, Teenagers especially, right? That that is uh, in your early teens is when your identity is forming. And yeah, you definitely can think in extremes, right? You're either having the best day of your life ever or you hate everything, um, and and odds are you if odds are it probably isn't the best day of your life ever, and pro and odds are you don't hate everything again. You are latching on to certain things that you're feeling or certain uh, triggers during that day, um, and language like this, language like grounding, language like being present, language like being uh, able to understand something that triggers you, which can be uh, much smaller than you think. Right? It triggers aren't only for uh, PTSD patients. Triggers we all have triggers. We all have experienced trauma. And right now is when a lot of these kids are uh, unfortunately um, experiencing things that are going to, I mean, I say unfortunately for the negative things. Mm -hmm. They're also developing and hopefully and will blossom into beautiful people. But right now is, and for all of us around that age, ages 9 to 13, a lot of the things that form us as people uh, are based on things that happen to us between ages like 9 to 13, 9 to 15, and then we latched onto certain behaviors, we latched onto certain habits that at that time we needed to get through the day that maybe later on in life you no longer need. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to help them understand that now so that way they don't have to learn it as late as we did, so that they don't have to learn it in their early 20s, in their late 20s, in their early 30s. Hopefully they can learn it now. And I was talking to this with some kids uh, just earlier this week that a lot of the things we'll be discussing are almost like um, pre uh, preventative isn't the, the best word because, you know, life is going to happen to us, but it can also happen for us. 
So we want um, we want them to kind of yeah just teach them these lessons before the fact instead of after the fact um, because we didn't get the chance yeah. and we want them to enter these new experiences these new environments uh, in a much healthier way because they have the option to do so. So one thing I wanted to say to kind of um, segue uh, for all of us to talk uh, so I can stop hogging the mic. Um, <laughs> Uh, I can speak for myself. I know a topic that I wanted to talk about is uh, growing up in a Hispanic household mm -hmm. or a household that uh, these topics were not very commonplace. Mm -hmm. I think if you were growing up in a, a Hispanic Latino household um, and you said, I'm having a bad mental health day, can I not go to school? <laughs> um, what? <laughs> yeah, I don't think that that is not a thing that was going to happen. I think my mom right. would have like right. uh, dressed me up for me and then just like sent me off. And again, uh, not in a harsh way. Um, that's what my, my mom knew. Um, and again, the, the way you parent is the way that you are parented, right? The way we teach is the way we are taught. And, and a lot of parents, uh, at least a lot of our parents and maybe parents now, um, these discuss they didn't have these discussions. They were just like, you know, mm -hmm work mm -hmm. uh survive mm -hmm. yeah. um make ends meet do what you got to do to raise your kids give them a good life um but now we have a bit of extra time we have some more leeway where now we can catch up on some trauma that maybe our parents didn't really get to talk about or that we didn't get to talk about so um a question for all of you guys and for the viewers um were your parents uh open to conversations like these or what did you have to do to maybe finally bring something up which can be pretty scary to finally like confront a parent about something like that <laughs> yeah yeah so for me hi guys it's katrina um so no i was not in a household where feelings were a thing um words like i love you or i'm proud of you were rarely ever said if at all um, and like things like going to a therapist and, you know, seeing a psychiatrist, whatever it is, eso monería, like that, that's no, like, what do you mean? There's nothing wrong with you. You're fine. You don't know what you're doing with your life. Like you're a kid. Like, what do you mean? So, and it, it's sad to see that it's still, um, a thing. Um, but now me as a parent, I'm breaking that stigma. I'm breaking that trauma. Um, I'm making sure that I tell my kids that I love them and I'm proud of them. And that it's, it's okay to talk about your feelings. It's okay to have a bad day. You don't always have to be perfect. You're not always going to be good at things. Let's keep practicing. Let's keep um, going at things. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, my parents as grandparents, I feel that they're seeing that and they are kind of being a bit more affectionate with my kids than they were with me and being a little bit more open to I'm not feeling well, I'm having a bad day. Um, I think it's easier for my mom now as a grandmother than as like she was as a parent it was always very you know you don't know anything like what are your kid you don't know anything like go to school go to school do your homework go to dance like, that's it like no we're not talking about feelings we're not talking about any of that um but for sure with sel um i'm seeing a change in kiandra i mean she's eight years old um but i'm, I'm seeing positive changes with her she's more open even with my parents she's more like okay you know Aya, you're having a bad day. Let's talk about it. You know, it's okay to talk. It's okay to share your feelings. It's okay to cry, um, which is amazing for an eight-year-old to tell an adult. It's okay. It's fine. You can mm -hmm. cry. You can have emotions. You can have feelings. And my mom was kind of taken aback by it. She was like, wait a minute. <laughs> my eight-year-old granddaughter is telling me, you know what? 
she's right. It's okay to show emotion. It's okay to show affection. It's okay. It's okay to see a therapist if you need to see one. So it's it's definitely a positive change in her and in, in my parents. Well, that's a beautiful that's statement. Too. Yeah. Because that's, you know, in a lot of ways, a lot of what we do here is, um, and I've always said, we need to educate so that it ripples backwards. Yeah. So that's a, a beautiful example of that. So we what the best case scenario for us here is that we're able to impact the student enough so that they can go into their family nucleus and kind of spread what we've given them and then that be adopted by a parent or a grandparent, you know? And so that's, that's really, that's like at its finest getting it. Um, And I think it's very important to note. Yeah. Our parents didn't know better. You know, I'm an immigrant came from Cuba when I was three um, so I'm not even first generation. My kids will be first generation. Um, but, it, you know, it's like a slippery slope. But I've known and I've had conversation with friends of mine where it's like, we're really lucky to be able to have a mental health chat. We're really yeah. lucky yeah. to be like <sighs> checking in on ourselves and talking about affirmations and doing these things because our families didn't. And I always yeah. like talk yeah. back to my parents and tell them, you guys should be honored that you have gotten me to a place where I now have these luxuries because that's what we want, right? Mm-hmm. We want our yeah. kids to have a better life and better opportunities and better spaces, um, better conversations, better everything. And, you know, so if you are a parent out there that is of an immigrant family um, and you feel that, it's a chiquito, what is he talking about? Like when I was da da da, this is actually such. Um, an homage, such a such a, a thank you without saying thank you that even to be to that level of that your foundations are covered, that your basic necessities, that you have food on the table, you have a roof over your head, if COVID didn't completely destroy you, then pat yourself on the back, honestly, because mm-hmm. these this is a brilliant place to be to even it and it also speaks to the to the post that we had here with our students. We were to even have the luxury to have a program that talks, that allows a space for kids to just be. That's really it, to just be and feel. And if it's a good day, it's a good day. If it's a bad day, it's a bad day. And we all rally against what that feeling is. But they feel so empowered. And then that ripples the change in their families, in their homes, in their friend groups. And if we all continue to do so, the change is massive. That's what literal grassroots change means. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She really looks forward to I feel like every week, like she knows that she comes at her day. We got to come. We got to go because four o'clock I have FEL and I have a lot of things to talk about. today. <laughs> and it's like amazing to me. Like you're a little eight year old and you're yeah. just like, I have a lot of things to say about my day and I'm ready to share it with everybody. Yeah. So it's, it's so amazing to see that. Yeah. Like, and self-care looks so many different ways. It looks in the way of talking about your feelings, yeah. but it also looks in the way of like today a student came in and was like, when are we having our daily dance party? I had a really bad day and I want to <laughs> let my frustrations out. And that's another thing we do here, you know, besides like affirmations, we have a, a moment where I just play a song and we just dance it out because sometimes they it's need amazing. that. And I would love it if I could continue. If we have Sophia, if you're out there and we'll continue seeing you forever um, to see if you're in your adulthood, you, you do have daily dance parties and that becomes part of your daily routine. I think that would be really cool to see how that transfers. um fucking damn where do i start i feel like uh, from my perspective and kind of how you said um, wait hold on you grew up in a household of how many yeah how many are you damn right 
Let's start there. I guess like a household of seven, including myself. Right. I have four siblings and two parents. Right. So, yeah, what I was going to get at was being the second youngest, I feel like my parents definitely saw, well, they were really fighting really more so to give us all a, like a, a, to put a roof over our heads. So their their main focus was just kind of how we talked about before was just, again, just surviving and making sure that we're able to make all ends meet. Now that my parents are a little bit older, now they're really more caring. They, re- they really want to talk about my day. And be like, oh, how's your day going? And to me, it's kind of surprising because it's like, we never talked about this. And sadly enough, I don't want to open up to them. Mm. So like, sometimes I'm like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to say too much because I feel like. You mean really like you today years old? Yeah, like right, right now. Okay. I feel like, I feel like, although they would understand. It's as if they, it's as if you don't really have that, that connection growing up. Like, we kind of passed that already. Like, mm-hmm. if I feel like yeah. if I did want to open up to them growing up, my mom would listen. My dad was the type of person that wouldn't really care too much. Not to say that my parents don't care. I definitely know they're very loving and caring, but I guess they just didn't know how to express it as much. Because, again, immigrant parents, they come from their, from their home country. They come mm-hmm. to the U.S. again just to make ends meet. They're really fighting for survival. Um, and, uh, again, not only that, they have to deal with a lot of racism, too, growing up in the U.S., yeah. especially in New York. So yeah. mm-hmm. it's a little, yeah. yeah, those are my two cents. Absolutely. Mm. Uh, and I will thank you all for sharing. <laughs> um, yeah, and I'll, I'll wrap it, uh, or not wrap it up, bring it back to, and I guess I'll mention some more of mine because I, I touched that in a bit. But, yeah, uh, and I'll kind of piggyback off your point. I can definitely relate to that because I was actually talking to, uh, oh, I was talking to my friend about, I was going to say a student, but it's cool that I, like, I think of friends and I think of my students. I was talking to a friend about how, yeah, I wasn't really friend, friends with my mom. Uh, now I am. Now I am. Like, now we're, we're homies. We just went, I just took her to go watch the new James Bond movie because she loves, that's like, that's her scene. Yeah. She loves like James Bond and Jason Bourne. Like, that is her scene. So, yeah, great. Um, yeah, like, now we're best friends. But in the beginning, we, we were like strangers in the same household. And this was an, uh, an effect mm-hmm. caused by my father's presence. And even after he was out of the picture, um, yeah, it wasn't really my mom's friend. And uh, again, to tie back to SEL, as I will constantly do, um, I didn't even have the language to talk to my mom really about certain things, which is one thing that we're trying to teach. Like the language, that's why I mentioned before, like, what do I mean by the language? Like, h- how is it that you talk about this? How do you, how do you kind of explain what it is that you're feeling? I had no clue. How about how to talk to my mom about this as a teenager in my early 20s when I was in college? I had no idea. I didn't really open up to my mom really until like I was 23 or 24. And that is like sad that I really like wasn't communicating in that way. And if, if you're not communicating like with your mom or your, your sister or brother, then you're not going to communicate with your friends. Mm-hmm. You're not going to um communicate in relationships with your partner if you don't learn how to communicate in any facet of your life then you are robbing yourself of like a key component of living um and yeah at no fault of of my mom is my mom was and uh, trying to survive many things uh, uh i'm also the child of, a, of immigrants um my mom was trying to survive just constantly moving around taking care of me and my sister my mom was trying to survive my dad uh, in all aspects of the word, um, and it was a lot. She she and she was working multiple jobs at any given time. She was and somehow still managed to like um, help me learn music 
I tried every sport. If I wasn't good at uh, something, my mom put me in something else. Like she may try at least tried everything once. So I've tried everything from like soccer to tennis to swimming. Um, I suck at many things, um, but, <laughs> but clearly not music. Yeah, somebody. but I, at least I at least I tried it all. Yeah, you gave it a try, though. yeah, I gave it a try. I do love tennis, though. Meet me on the on the on the court. <laughs> I love yeah, I love tennis. Yeah, see me on the court. I do love tennis, but yeah, my mom like still somehow found time to um, put me and, and my sister uh, in music and many many things. I, and like I think about it now, like I think about my schedule today. I don't know how. <laughs> she did this i have no i can't begin to imagine like uh, but one thing i can probably deduce and she had she had like no time to for, to herself, for herself like right? it was like work and like her kids yep. so definitely did not have the time to even kind of facilitate these conversations till after the fact and i was not helping either because i had no idea how to talk about it either but i'm glad and i as my said i am privileged that i have the time to do it now I'm in a position where I'm like learning these things. And again, I can kind of teach backwards. Like I've opened up to my mom about some of the stuff that she's gone through that was so traumatic that I don't even know um, that my mom like maybe I mean, I don't want to be like my mom doesn't understand that she went through trauma. Of course, she understands. But like she doesn't really know how to voice it. And me and my sister, my sister and I have both been in therapy. My mom has not. But we've helped her kind of like really express what it was that she went through um, and how 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 right now she's healing and i love how how like how her healing process has looked I, i'm so happy for her. um but it all comes back to learning how to communicate learning the language of this kind of communication which is uh something that again we are trying to teach uh much earlier um than we did because uh two things that i really always say um uh trauma not trauma not transformed is trauma transferred and if we don't really uh, take what we went through and get something out of it, like the pain that we went through, the trauma we went through, we already went through it. Right, but right. what what sense does it make to enact a form of trauma that we experienced on someone else? Um, one thing that Katrina was saying, uh, which is beautiful to see, that she is breaking that cycle. Uh, a lot of thing, a lot of trauma in the family, a lot of domestic abuse, uh, things like that, uh, is very cyclical. Um, in fact, that was kind of uh, that was going to be one of the branches that I worked with in social work uh, and stuff like that. It's yeah, it's very cyclical and it's very hard um, to break that process. Some people who come from uh, homes like that, they opt out of like not having kids because they're just like, oh, my God, my father was a monster. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be a monster. Mm -hmm. It ends mm -hmm. with me um, or my mother was a monster. I'm going to be a horrible mother. It ends with me. Right. And, and that is a, a horrible thing to, to do to yourself. Um, and your, your could-be uh, relationships or your could-be, would-be family. Um, but it doesn't have to get to that point because, yeah, we have the, the, the access to uh, a lot of this information, a lot of these conversations that our parents were not privy to, that we were not really privy to either growing up. And um, the reason we, I mean, maybe not with the youngest kids, but the reason with some of our like preteen kids, we are talking about, uh, and we, we kind of let them know in advance, oh, if it is going to be a heavier topic, but the reason we do talk about um, the word trauma, you're hearing us say that a lot, but we're, we're talking about things like that, uh, stress, uh, stress inducers, triggers, mm -hmm. stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, the first time your kid hears the word trauma shouldn't be as they're being admitted to like a clinic. Right. Mm -hmm. The first time your kid hears about anxiety or depression shouldn't be 
when they're finally getting admitted to a therapist or, or, or you know, a psychiatrist or something or a psychotherapist, which is what I had, like they shouldn't be learning about these things when it's like at the last step. Mm-hmm. At that point, it, it's not too late. But the whole yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, at that you, point, you develop a different relationship with the word. It, yes, yeah. exactly. Um, so we want to, yeah, we want to make sure that they, yeah, because they're not like like trauma. Yeah, like things like these these words. Yeah, it's a very different relationship, and then you kind of tie this certain energy and experience to it. But there are also things we have to talk about, right? We, there are things we have to learn about. And uh, up until recently, we were kind of shying away from it. Like, ooh, mm-hmm. we, shouldn't, we shouldn't talk about depression. Uh, yeah. so, right? It was like a taboo thing. And then it was only talked about um, when the worst of the worst happens, when, which defeats the whole purpose, as Anthony said. I have a question for you guys. So, um, growing up, like we all said, we all come from Hispanic households, and we mentioned last week that it's really powerful that we are in role model positions for these kids that also are kind of growing up in families that look a lot like ours. Mm-hmm. Yep. What is your experience? A lot of hurt, and you know, if I may open up a little bit more. Um, <laughs> This is what this is about for you guys to really get to know us and, and know where our intentions are when we make these decisions. Um, a lot of pain and a lot of my trauma came from seeing my parents' trauma. Mm-hmm. Like you said, yeah. it was transferred yeah. because it wasn't Correct. transformed. And again, no fault of my parents. They had no idea. They were kind of rolling with the punches, right? They were, they were doing... It was primal instincts at that point. And... My, my, I wanted so much to help my parents open up and do like these things. Mm -hmm. And and I wanted to be like their savior. And because I couldn't be, I had to, that was a very real learning experience for me. Um, And it gave me a lot of identity crisis because I was like, I, I feel like a lot of first generation kids relate. You become the parent of your parents. I was just so gonna say that. So, like to admit it or not, you definitely have traits from your parents, like the good and the ugly. Mm-hmm. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. so my question to you guys is: What was the feeling, if you can identify it, um, of watching them if they did? I think it's so beautiful that you talk about your mother's healing journey, mm-hmm. and to be a part of that must be so like yeah, gorgeous. It's great. It's <laughs> at her birth, I don't know if you guys saw my story. At her birthday, I was just so. Ha- my mom has more friends than I do. I, I like, saw the stories. Yeah. Henry's dancing, yeah. and I was like, yes. Yeah, like, like, like She's so adorable, my, though. Like, I, yeah, so like, my cute. mom, she didn't really, and I'll be quick with this, like, yeah, she didn't really have a lot a lot of friends because, like, my dad, like, let her do anything. Mm-hmm. So, like, seeing her, like, popping off on her birthday and, like, so many people came, uh, safely, by the way, vaccinated. Um, yeah, it was, it was great to see. It really is. Yeah. Like, me yeah. and my sister were kind of just sitting there watching and, like, being, like, so happy for her. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. A lot of my parents tell me a lot of times that how much I've taught them, and although I'm like awesome, I'm honored, Mm -hmm. and that does like make me all warm and fuzzy inside. That's really not how it should be. You know, we want to put these kids in positions where these conversations. If you're a parent out there, I know parenting is really, really difficult. It doesn't matter how well put together you are. Parenting is a challenge, and it will always be a challenge. Um, and I'm not a mom yet, so I can only imagine. But from what I see, um, we have to give these kids. Imagine if if your kid came up to you and said, "Mommy, are you okay?" 
Like, you'd be like, <laughs> yeah, what? Break down right there. <laughs> I'm not okay. But, you know, and we always yeah. talk about, you know, honoring their intuition. Kids are incredibly intuitive, and it's through us growing up and navigating the obstacles of our lives that we lose yeah. that we intuition. Lose and yeah. we, right. we, we put ourselves in this shell because we're protecting our inner child from this beautiful thing that it was. So, as a parent... What we suggest, and, and the reason SEL exists here, is because we want you, that if a student comes to you and has this conversation with you, for there to, there to be authenticity. Mm-hmm. For there to be that, trust me, at every age, we don't have to obviously give all the details to our kids, but at any age, if explained correctly and communicated efficiently, they understand. Mm-hmm. You know? Definitely, yeah. By, but I see so much that it's like, Mommy, are you okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm good. And then you're you're ruining that kid's intuition because and they're gonna learn that. Yeah, so when they're not okay. They're gonna right. think oh, that that's what it is. You know, yeah. they think that how you look is what okay is. You know, and guys, whether you think it or not, your kids are watching every second of things that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Your role model, that's twenty four seven on, and we just have to be careful. Um, and what we're saying is there's no way that as a parent you can handle all of what that means. And we're saying to rely on spaces like UCMD and RLCL, spaces like if there's programs in school that honor this, because there's no way that you're superhuman and there's no way that we can cover all of those spaces. Not only UCMD, because this is an effort that comes from the student, from the parent, from us. Yeah. And it's like boom, 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 boom. Um, so... You want to, yeah, because yeah, it was a how was, question. How yeah. was your healing journey, or what do you observe in your parents that now being 20-something, 30-something-year-olds, what does that look like? Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, jeez. I mean, like I said, now that my parents are a little bit older, they do have more time for themselves. So, again, when they see me and my younger brother like kind of walk through, they do want to talk. And again, to me and my brother, we don't really open up to them because we feel as if they would judge us for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like right now, I definitely see my parents a, bit, a little bit more happy and they're really expressing their feelings with one another. And I would love to talk to them again. I'm definitely going to get there. Not to say that my parents aren't, aren't cool people at all. I love them to death. And I, I, there are times I can talk to them about everything, but specific moments. <laughs> right. You know, right. It can't be like right. it can't be like an everyday thing. Right. You know? Like, my, right now, I see my mom and my sister getting along very well. Like, again, I have a household of seven. Well, a family of seven. Yeah. So, my mm-hmm. sister and my mom are talking a lot more than before. And I'm, that seeing stuff like that is making me very happy. Because, like, now my sister's kind of like my mom's best friend to an extent. Mm-hmm. And I love to see stuff like that. Because right now, I'm a little too busy to be spending time with my parents. Because I'm doing school and work. And when I'm not at school or work, I'm doing homework. Yeah. So, all the time that I do have, I'm really focusing it on myself. Um, yeah, for the most part, yeah, I'm kind of glad to see my parents. They're a little bit more happy now because, again, they're not really focusing on having to raise all of us because we are a lot older. Right. Know, I'm the second I'm the second youngest, so my younger brother's like 20, and for the most part, he lives in Brooklyn. He's doing stuff on his own. Right. So, yeah. You feel like a weight being lifted, and mm. they're able to shine through more? Not really, to be honest with you. I feel like... I feel like they're, they're still grinding really pretty hard. Like they're, they're working towards their goals, too. Like they're, although my parents are older, they're still working really hard for, for what they want. And I guess they really want to leave something behind if, God forbid, they do pass away. Mm. Yeah. So seeing them do that makes me want to work harder myself. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful. 
I think for me, healing is still a thing. They're still on that journey. Yeah. Um, not to put my parents on blast, but um, my parents are currently separated. Um, and I feel separation was necessary for them. They still adore each other. They still love each other. I mean, they've been together since they were 18 years old. Mm. So, you know, it's like that high school sweetheart uh, situation. Um, but I think the separation was necessary for them in their healing. And I do see them now spending more time. Like my mom likes to spend time with me. Like I was saying before, tomorrow we're going shopping. You know, she spends a lot more time with me and obviously her granddaughters. We're always going out. Um, my dad is still hustling. My dad is the definition of a hustler. That man does not stop working. Um, but even with him, I see him, you know, going out more, taking himself out to dinner, taking himself out to a movie, um, doing study groups and socializing. My dad has always been very to himself, not very social. Um, but I see more socialization in him. I see him, you know, going out more, exploring more, doing things. So, I, like I said, the healing is still happening for them, but I'm, I'm happy that it's happening. Yeah. You know, and not to say that my parents, to touch base on what I said before, feelings weren't a thing, but they were still supportive parents. Does that, yeah, does that make yeah. sense? You know, they were at all my recitals, all my plays, all my yeah. shows, uh, paying for my dance education, um, paying if I wanted to be in theater, they paid for that. So they worked to give me things and all these lavish vacations that we go on. Um, so they were supportive parents, but the, the feeling part wasn't there. The, mm -hmm. I love you, I'm proud of you, mm -hmm. wasn't there. And again, touching base on what you guys said, it's what they learned from their parents. For sure. And my grandparents, I don't, yeah. Until my grandmother got like... En Cuba no hay ese... No, no, no. En Cuba que es eso. Esto es monería. Right. Ustedes no saben lo que están hablando. You know? But, yeah. The healing is still happening and I'm happy to see it happen. Yeah. But I think, you know, at no age are you going to be like, oh, my parents are healing. Yuck. Right? Right. Like, it's, it's always going to be on some... Because you're a part of them. Whether we like it or not, we have so much of our parents inside of us, like mm -hmm. you said. And by them healing and by them like shining a little brighter and being happier that makes our hearts yeah. like grow bigger yeah. um and i think you know there's never we're never going to be able to repay and thank y'all for raising us and putting up with all the bs but um what we could do is try to you know as we get older kind of give back give back in our own way and ensure that future generations maybe um don't have the gaps that we did mm -hmm. growing up and that's as, as much as you know we can kind of yeah. do and then the next generation can fill the, the smaller gaps until there's hopefully maybe we'll get to a point where there's no yeah. gap <laughs> or the problems are going to be very different who knows but i think um if a parent that comes to us completely dismisses this part of the education um, I think respectfully, it's just going to be 100% no. Yeah. Um, and I know that that sounds a little harsh and like we're kind of imposing this, but we know the value of this and we know that if given the chance, um, parents, if given the chance, parent probably wouldn't say yes because either they'd have to pay more or they'd be here more time and they're not with that. Um, and we get it. Everybody's lives are so ridiculously packed nowadays mm -hmm. that it's crazy to see. But we know and we thank you guys um for trusting us for trusting the our crazy ideas and our not so crazy ideas and i think this is one of them mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think it's one of the best ideas we've ever had that's um, the best idea you've ever had so yeah, that's what you should be done to help 
talk to them. Like, yeah, I definitely yeah. do see the benefits of SEO working out for the kids. Like, some of the kids that were, were one shy, they come into the studio very excited. Now yeah. they're, they're yeah. really more open to, to talk to us, and I love to see stuff like that. Cause, I mean, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure we all agree. Our goal here at UCMD is to break every kid out of their shell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if we can do that in any way, if we can accomplish that goal, that's just the biggest thing for us. Yeah, and I think again, intelligence comes in in so many different ways. And going back to the name of this podcast, which is now, is this on the test? Is this gonna be on the test? <laughs> <laughs> and the the point of that is, I lost the point of it. Completely lost the train of thought. Uh, I can make a, a play on the name, right? Because this today's topic is not about uh, schooling, but that concept of asking that question, is this going to be on the test? Mm-hmm. In school, we, we would ask that question to see, do I have to be receptive or not? Mm-hmm. Can I stop paying attention now? Oh, if right. it's not going to be on the test, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, SEL is going to be on the test, right? Like these words, the these terms, this language, <laughs> yeah, the test is life. And this is gonna be on it. I mean, and yeah, oh, I'm sorry to cut you off. I mean, schools are very, a very huge social setting. I mean, again, besides having to worry about all the other subjects that you're that you're focusing on in school, you also have to worry about the other students and your peers. I mean, a lot of people do get bullied in school. Yeah, a lot of people do feel alienated when they're in school. And just having to worry about that, yeah, along with schoolwork, mm-hmm. is just is just a lot to deal with. And again, you're in school for like what five days. I mean, if you're in middle school, high school, you're in school five days out of the week. Yeah. It's like... It's a huge chunk of your life. Yeah. That's a, that's a huge chunk out of the week. What do you... Yeah, everything. You have a lot like of time days, two days to recover. And on those two days, you're doing homework. And you're there from like 8 a.m. to like 3, 3. p.m. That's a, that's, a, that's a whole day. Right. More than you're at home. Yeah. At least awake. Yeah. <laughs> right. And that's, that's why it's so... It's just so massively important to us to, to be able to to marry these things and to to, to show students that this does go hand in hand and right. to consistently drive home that no matter if we're talking about SEL or everything, everything in life is a learning experience. Nothing in life is good or bad. It's just depending on what your situation is, right? Mm-hmm. That's always like my own take on things. And if we're able to extract the lessons from our quote unquote failures, um, then that puts us in a consistently better place every day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and what we want most for our kids here is that they question, that there has to be an innate curiosity as to, oh, is this okay? Are you okay? You were weird. You're, you're different today. Because like, when you are observant and present, that's like a huge key. I think like this generation presence is really difficult to kind of yeah like capture and that you know sometimes by not no fault of their own like social media really is on some very high speed information download um that our attention span now has like reduced to like milliseconds there's so much to distract us from existing right and now with the metaverse we won't get there but there's so many things that are trying to take us out of our own humanity and all we're trying to do is through art music conversations culture community is to re-inject humanity back into a world that has lost it and that's what we're doing with these kids in a Mm -hmm. nutshell Mm -hmm. on all of us sectors on everything that we we're doing here is we want them to be as present as possible because when you're present that's when your memory is formed 
when you're present, that's how you learn so much about you and the world around you. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Uh, one last thing, or not last thing, but one thing I'll say that I definitely want to say before we do wrap up is that, yeah, uh, w a reason that I think um, if there was ever going to be an environment to introduce something like this, uh, it can be introduced in many different places. I would hope that, uh, as Madai said, more uh, schools or any kind of learning environments are introducing uh, something like this because it is something you have to learn. Um, but I think uh, music is definitely a, a beautiful uh, segue into conversations like these. I think music is a, a voice for the voiceless, mm, maybe something yeah. that you cannot uh, quite express in words. Uh, art in general, right? Uh, anything that makes you feel something is art. And whether it's drawing or music or dance or singing, maybe there's something that you're kind of going through that you, you, you have... Even if you do know the lingo, right? Maybe you don't really know how to say it. I've definitely felt some type of way some days. I'm like, I have no, like, I'll just, I'll just go play some piano, right? And then something interesting comes out of that session. Hopefully Logic is running and I recorded it. Um, but I think music is definitely something where you, if you can't find an environment to kind of uh, at least question yourself or talk about this, it's almost like you can form this environment uh, around yourself. I liken it to like um, when you're alone, you think you're like when you're a kid and you think you're alone at home, like you, your parents left to the grocery store and you're like singing a song, you're singing or something. And all of a sudden, like your brother comes out of your room, like, <laughs> That's so right? Like, and then all, it's so embarrassing. Yeah. What, ha what happens as soon as you realize someone was listening? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right? come back. You're like, yeah. ah. you, you shut her all away. It's like you're naked. Yeah, you call me before it kills. yeah exactly. Like, yeah. you, you, <laughs> that, that world is gone. But for a moment, music mm -hmm. allowed that world to exist. And, and so much can happen in that bubble. I don't want to call it a bubble because, you I, transported. yeah, yeah, like it's almost like a different space. Um, and, and music can, can kind of be the translator. It can kind of help us facilitate. There are definitely kids that, you know, haven't quite opened up right away in SEL, but after having a chance to play with them, talk about music, seeing them play, their body language, their attitude. I've seen students carry themselves very differently, but like on the piano than when they walk in. Maybe they're very shy, very, very shy, but as soon as they get behind the keys or as soon as they're holding a guitar or as soon as they're dancing, whole different person yep. mm -hmm. um and usually that is what's underneath the surface and they're and you and often they're they're letting it out almost subconsciously yep like they don't even know they're that person they don't really know that they're out there they are that outgoing that bold mm -hmm. on the dance floor uh when they're on their instrument and it isn't until someone points it out because to them they're just in the zone they're in that world um mm -hmm. and it is in that world that conversations like these um are easier they're easier to have um it's it's something that kind of dwells in between the comfort zone and discomfort i think a lot of growth can happen when you're uncomfortable and music is interesting because it's never quite comfortable really ever um when we had our show recently uh, uh, somebody was asking me uh, they were really nervous and they were asking me if i was nervous and i said of course like i can practice something to a t hours and hours but all that really matters is can I execute on stage or can I execute for this recording for this video? So no matter how confident you are in something, you're it's so it's always like not it's not set in stone. Right. It's not like a, a program or like something that I can click a button and it's done. I got to make sure I'm there. 
to make it happen. And so it's like, no matter how uh, sure I know, or no matter how sure I am that I know this thing, um, I'm always a little bit uh, uncomfortable in the sense that like, I got to make sure I'm on top of it. And, you know, I'm always going to be nervous. And that uh, discomfort, uh, (laughs) this discomfort stops me from getting too comfortable. And so I am always there. I'm always like fully aware in the driver's seat when I'm playing Mm -hmm. or teaching or performing or recording because I got to make sure that I am. Um, and yeah, a lot of discom- uh, a lot of growth happens in discomfort and in SEL, we ask questions that maybe these uh, children are not getting asked in school. They're not getting asked by their parents. They're not getting asked. They're not asking it themselves. So why not ask it here in a place that is judgment free in a place that is as safe as we can make it? Why not have them try it here? so that they don't have to learn these things in some other harsh mm-hmm. environment where now, as Madai said before, if they learn about these certain things, these words, these traits, boom, they assign now this traumatic event that helped them learn about it. Yeah. Like if you mm-hmm. don't learn about when a panic attack is in a healthy setting, um, well, a panic attack is never comfortable. But if you yeah. don't learn about these things in a healthier setting and only only when the thing is happening, um, yeah, it's really scary. So again, why not have them learn it here where we have seen that they've been so comfortable and and so open. And it's, it's a great thing to see how open the kids are. And we're getting results. And that's, yeah. you know, yes. that's the, 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 the end of that. Um, you know, we we have been able to, to see those, mm-hmm. those results mm-hmm. in real time. Okay. Yeah. So as you guys have your week, um, thank you for joining us. I want you guys to, as parents, to try to observe yourself when you are on autopilot. What are those moments in your life where you are subconsciously um, or consciously not there? Um, because it does happen a lot. It happens a lot yeah. when we're driving. It happens a lot you know, when we're doing like mundane tasks. Mm-hmm. And more and more, there have been statistics that have come out that we do live in our um, unconsciously um for (laughs) hours on end um in our days and it's important to kind of have moments where we we come back to self Mm because that moment of of discovery when a student is able to touch on this it's a moment back to self that is their highest authenticity Mm -hmm. right that is the their purest form um and that happens with parents with kids with everyone and we are all works in progress we never will say we have it all together figured Mm -hmm. out and you should listen to us 100 percent um just take what resonates and leave what doesn't but you know these this is have, have has been our experience one growing up two now being in a in a teacher in the teacher setting you know in a more mentor role um, and by having parents that come from very difficult backgrounds um, and, and honoring that while also honoring ourselves. So if you guys have any closing remarks. No, I was going to say what you just said. <laughs> this is, it was going to be on the test where we talked about SEL. Um, I like my dice. I hope this all resonates with you guys again. It's, it's not a topic a lot of people do talk about, but honestly, I'm glad that we're all here sitting here and just yeah. and talking about it and expressing it on a to the to the viewers right so thank you guys have a wonderful thank you for watching if you made it to the end um like subscribe (laughs) 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 yes this is gonna be on the